Hey, Carl here to say that Music to Code By is now an app called Music to Flow By. Now you can listen to the tracks on your phone with offline capability. The first three tracks are free, and the entire catalog is available by subscription with a new track arriving every month. Just go to musictoflowby.com for all the links. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And uh, we're here with Mr. Huckabee. He's going to come on in just a few minutes. Looking forward to that. But uh, let's just jump into this Better Know framework because it's pretty epic, right? It's profound. Profound. Roll the music. All right, dude. I don't know how you explain this thing. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> this is perhaps the best answer ever given on Stack Overflow. So, uh, and trust me when I tell you, you have to go read it. And I actually pasted this in to uh, Tim's Skype chat window so he could go there and maybe comment on this as well. You got to read the title of it. The title gotta, is... The question's important. The question is very important. The title is Regex Match Open Tags Except XHTML Self-Contained Tags. And the guy says, I need to match all of these opening tags. And he's got a paragraph tag. And then he's got an anchor, you know, A, href equals foo, but not these. BR slash, right? The XHTML BR, the ones with the, the slash closing. closing tag, right? Right. And an HR class equals foo slash close tag, right? All right. So it's hard to explain on an audio show, but we're going to try and now the he says, I came up with this uh, regular expression. want to make sure I've got it right. And he gives this little piece of snippet. And it's, he says, I believe it says, find a less than, then find and capture A to Z one or more times, then find zero or more spaces, then find any character zero or more times, greedy except backslash, then find a greater than. Do I have that right? And then more importantly, what do you think? And the number one answer voted by 4,425 people not only contains great writing, but there's a visual element to it that is so sublime and subtle, you cannot get it unless you go read it. So this is show 1508. If you go to 1508.pwop.me, you'll get there. There's a transient moment in this answer where you realize the portal to hell is actually opened. <laughs> I think and he I think actually begins, says that. <laughs> I think it starts at the line, HTML and regex go together like love, marriage, and ritual infanticide. <laughs> yeah. And it gets dark from there. So it starts with, <laughs> you can't parse HTML or XHTML with regex because HTML can't be parsed by regex. Regex is not a tool that can be used to correctly parse HTML. Okay, so you notice he's you answered just, the same yeah, thing there's a theme. three times. I'm pr pretty sure there's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> As I have answered in HTML and regex questions here so many times before, the use of regex will not allow you to consume HTML. Regular expressions are a tool that is insufficiently sophisticated to understand the constructs employed by the HTML. HTML is not a regular language and hence cannot be parsed by regular expressions. 
I'm getting, a, I'm getting a theme. I'm getting a hint. Yeah, all right, it's getting a little, he's getting a little more worked up. He says, regex queries are not equipped to break down HTML into its meaningful parts so many times, but it is not getting to me. There you go. It's okay. starting to get weird at that point. Yeah. Even enhanced irregular regular expressions, as used by Perl, are not up to the task of parsing HTML. You will never make me crack. <laughs> HTML is a language of sufficient complexity that it cannot be parsed by regular expressions. Even John Skeet cannot parse HTML using regular expressions. Every time you attempt to parse HTML with regular expressions, the unholy child weeps the blood of virgins and Russian hackers pwn your web app. <laughs> Parsing HTML with regex summons tainted souls in the realm of the living. Are you really going to read this whole thing? No, really? but it goes on and on and on. And, and the next line is the one that you quoted. Yeah, because I thought that was the turning point. That's when yeah. you think that there actually is like a rip in the space time starting to form in front of them. But now, I mean, I can't describe the visual. The, it's all done with fonts. And it yeah. just looks like static i don't know how to say it but it looks he went he went and i went and looked at the source too it's there as well oh unbelievably awesome and you, you got to call out that uh who wrote this answer who is yeah, the right. genius that wrote this answer yeah who was the genius that wrote this answer richard i don't know i can't yeah. see his name anywhere i see yeah. the moderators locked it up <laughs> because it was <laughs> profoundly perfect and should never ever be touched <laughs> but I can't see the per. I believe he was actually destroyed writing this answer. He doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Although he does close with the statement, have you tried using an XML parser instead? <laughs> it's just too good. It's the greatest. It's the it greatest. is truly. Perhaps the, the greatest. Fun, the greatest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's a lot of gems in, in Stack Overflow, but. That's awesome. That, it's profound. All right, who's, who's talking to us for real, Richard? Grab your comment off of show 1112, that's 1112, uh, which we recorded back in March of 2015 with one Tim Huckabee. When we were talking about working beyond Connect. This happens to be the last show that Tim did, so um, um, two years ago, two and a half years ago. It's been a while. So here's yeah. a comment that's three years old. It's from Brad Collins, who says, Carl made the point that it creeps us out that a computer knows all this stuff about us, because, of course, we were talking about image tracking and, and so on. Mm. But we're not at all bothered by a barista that knows our favorite drink. <laughs> I think the reason for that is that we trust human beings to have a sense of propriety. I mean, unless you're Mark Miller, but yeah. We also trust them to forget. <laughs> I guess there's that, too. <laughs> In other words, to keep the preparation H example from the program, I guess we made a preparation H example back in the program. That doesn't surprise yes, me, actually. probably did. Even if your barista does, for some strange reason, know you have hemorrhoids, he's not going to blurt it out in a store full of customers. <laughs> Computers, on the other hand, don't have manners. They don't know the difference between, welcome back, Phil, need another 12-pack of vanilla Coke, and welcome back, Phil, need another lube of extra strength for preparation H. <laughs> I don't know. I think you probably could probably have that in. There's got to be a certain class of products. You just go, you really shouldn't be blurting these anywhere. But that's kind of a literate, literal thing, I think. Oh, man. Uh, but Brad goes on. C-3PO, with all his deference, English manners, is still science fiction. And thank goodness for that. 
Until mm. computers have AI sophisticated enough to know the difference between the stuff we're pretty comfortable talking about in public and the stuff that's in the TMI category, computers with an invasive feeling knowledge of us is going to continue to creep us out. Now, this is a comment written three years ago. Thinking about what we're doing in this space right now, do we? I think we could expect computers to be able to do this. So I think that's so. interesting to me. Yep. Uh, and Brad finished off with, finally, the manners, propriety thing, notwithstanding, Big Brother type surveillance, whether it's in a government or a business, just makes us uncomfortable. A human store clerk doesn't follow us around like a shadow, noting every purchase we make, perhaps even every product we passingly glance at. If one did, you'd say, dude, back off. You're giving me the creeps. You'd leave hmm. and you wouldn't come back. As we tend to see it, somebody who behaves that way just isn't right or he's up to no good. Hmm. Uh, you know what? We put cameras everywhere these days. Uh, it's just a question of whether people are looking. You have the right to privacy, but you don't necessarily have the right to not be measured. It's just a question of how that data is treated. I mean, it has to be treated privately. Clearly, you do not want it blurted out. You looked at the bread. Right. Anyway, Brad, I'm sure this is going to kick off some conversations with Tim on the show. So thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media. So we publish every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We definitely do not parse them with regex. <laughs> <laughs> I had a problem. I tried to solve it with regex. Now I have two problems. Now I have a problem factory. Uh, I think that was Java. That was Java, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's bring Tim on the show, but first let me give him a formal introduction. Tim Huckabee is an industry luminary focused on AI, computer vision, machine learning, AR and MR, and emerging user experiences. Mr. Huckabee has over 35 years of technology experience, including serving on a server product team, as a development lead on an architecture team at Microsoft. Tim worked on some famous and not-so-famous Microsoft server products in the late 90s. He's a Microsoft Global RD, a Microsoft MVP, and serves on many councils and boards, like the Microsoft Application Development Partner Advisory Council. There's more, but you're going to have to go to our website to read it. Welcome back, Tim. Hey, wow, what a bio. Hey. How embarrassing. It is pretty big. <laughs> You've been up to some stuff. What'd you think of that uh, Stack Overflow thing? Uh, well, you know, I'm. You guys tell me to be quiet while you read this stuff, and I, I, you're gonna have to edit out all my giggling. Oh, I don't. But, think but we'll you do didn't. That. You didn't get to my favorite part in that thread. So I'm scanning this thread, trying to read it and catch up to what you're talking about. And there's a quote from an ancient Chinese strategist, general, and philosopher. Did you catch that part? Yeah, I got that. His quote is, it is said that if you know your enemies and know yourself, you can win a hundred battles without a single loss. If you know only yourself, but not your opponent, you may win or lose. If you know your, neither yourself nor your enemy, you will always endanger yourself. In, and then he, and then this guy continues, guy or girl, whoever it is, she's brilliant or he's brilliant. In this case, your enemy is HTML. <laughs> and you and you are either yourself or you are regex you might even be pearl with irregular regex no html know yourself and then he drops the microphone it's freaking brilliant <laughs> and yes oh thank goodness. you gentlemen for turning me on to the best amusement this week in stack yeah, overflow that was, that was quite oh, good so i can't funny. take credit for it though joel hewlin found that and uh, shared it with me 
Classic. So that's very, that's very profound. good. What the heck is up with you, Tim? Well, what are you doing these well, days? The stuff that's up with me, at least a good part of the stuff that's up with me, is uh, what your fan, Brad, just alluded to. Um, and that's uh, computer vision. Uh, we do a lot of it. A lot of it. My, um, Let's see. My life has changed. We, we all decided that I'd been on .NET Rock so many times that... I need to go away for a few years. So it's good, it's, it's good, it's good to be back, boys. Um, my life has changed. I, essentially, I'm beholden to three CEOs. Uh, I'm still, you know, in debt and penniless, but I do own three companies. That's my latest <laughs> joke. Um, and uh, I, I, I essentially uh, report to three CEOs. In, in terms of computer vision, you know, the Internology company has been doing it forever, but... Um, it wasn't till this whole machine learning boom, I'd say about two years ago, where it really became relevant um, that we, we have, I've, I'm changed because of machine learning. And, and understand that yeah. I have no background in machine learning. I barely understand what it does. I'm not, I didn't st study cognitive science or anything like that. To me, machine learning is a freaking REST API. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and I think I that's it. the when I stand in front of audiences, that's what I say now. You know, we there's only so many experts in machine learning, but if you know how to call a REST API, then you're an expert. You get the business case and you know what uh, businesses need and they don't even know what they need and they don't even know how to use it. So right. I think there's the value right. right there. Now, you know, I'm overstating the obvious. There's a lot of brilliant engineers here that um, you know, are are, are doing all the trig and calculus and to, to, you know, watch faces as they move around to, uh, within, within the room or outside and, and do all that. And there's a lot of hard engineering in there, but, you know, facial recognition is a solved problem. The only calculus in my life, Tim, is on my teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, wow, I lost my train of thought after that image. <laughs> Derailed. So, um, your, right. your, uh, your fan Brad there brings out a number of, of relevant points. It's just, um, as it relates to me, if you would have asked me, I don't know, two, three years ago, if I would be an expert in privacy law or know anything about it, I would have laughed. Well, guess who is hmm. an expert in privacy law? It's, <laughs> it's the burly little left-hander from North Hollywood, California. Uh, that'd be that'd be me. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let me give you, for instance, how this technology is used for good. I, I don't think it's NDA or anything to tell you that um, we live in a different world now, and terrorism is legit. So last, mm. uh, I won't tell you where. Just assume it's the biggest um, attack surface in the United States of America uh, at an NFL game this past Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. we ran the visibility software looking for the bad guy and doing Amber alerts and, and things like that. Uh, but, but it's, that's the reality of today. You are being watched in the United States. You are being watched <laughs> by numerous yeah. sources, uh, many of them government sources, but many of them are private like us. Um, we do it through digital signage. You know, when people are looking at a digital sign, the digital signs looking back at them. Um, right. and, yeah. um, you know, uh, it's it's also the reality that uh, the world's entertainers, musicians like Carl and um, famous actors and such are demanding another level of security. And frankly, doing it the way we do it, 
through digital signage, when people people look at the sign, you know, um, and we look back, uh, it's just a really effective way and effective way and cost effective way to do um, simple facial recognition and alert the security systems and things like that. That's hmm. easy stuff. Um, in terms of the security practice, we've made great headway in recognizing objects. We're really good at faces and machine learning has really helped us throughout the last couple of years. That and the power we have in the cloud to do all this stuff. Um, right. But now we're on a, I'm on a mission, a personal mission. I've been at it about six months to create the classifier for recognizing objects. Now that is not a solved problem. And if you think it through, you know, a face has common characteristics where there's two gazillion billion objects in the world. Uh, it's not like you right. can make a blind person see by classifying, you know, 10 gazillion objects. So in retail, sure, we're looking for Cokes and Pepsis and people carrying them around in the grocery store. And if we see that, we can react to it. And the, the CPGs, right. CPGs, uh, con consumer packaged goods companies, the food makers of the world like Coke and Pepsi would say, you know, something like if they see somebody with a Coke, they may want to show a Pepsi ad if it's Pepsi or vice versa. But in a security context, uh, I'm working with some really smart people. And um, at Microsoft and, and other places, some PhDs, and doing uh, some engineering ourselves here to build classifiers for the common weapon. So uh, you probably, well, everyone in the world, in the, in the civilized world, knows that um, about the massacre at Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas. And that crazy guy yes. killed a slew of people. But yes. what the world hasn't found out yet is that under common surveillance cameras... Uh, this guy was loading weapons in his car in the Mandalay Bay parking lot, meaning taking weapons and putting them in duffel bags and suitcases, and then in many trips, transporting them up into his hotel room under common surveillance cameras. So forensically, the FBI, one might speculate, is looking at these tapes now and, and watching him do this. And one it, might speculate. One might speculate. And, and one might also speculate that at Mandalay Bay, they have this giant security center with three to 500 live screams of their security cameras, but it's, it's humans. And they're, they're, right. humans can only look at so many screens it's at a time. Right. Um, and, and humans miss stuff like this. So it would make sense for us to build another layer that just sends a little bit of a flag. Hey! You know, I'm 37% confident there's an A. I'm not, a, I'm so not a gun guy. What do you call those things? AR 15, AR 14, <laughs> whatever they are. Name, name a gun, Richard. You know about this stuff. An AR 15. AR 15. I'm 57% <laughs> confident there's an AR 15 on, you know, at this location at this time, you know, and send a, a, a flag to the, to the security system. But, but if you switch it, you know, computer vision, if you switch use cases, we're, we're also looking at x-rays and MRIs and ultrasound images mm. for stuff that just gets missed. We can't expect right. our doctors to know everything. There are rare diseases, rare syndromes typically, that, that don't get caught by the, unless you're trained to catch them. And it would make sense to interject these processes in the, in the radiation or the, in the x-ray process, in the MRI process. 
I'm 78% confident that's pulmonary urethral valve syndrome. You know, and just give mm, another yeah. layer of diagnosis to the doctor so they could go, oh, I've never heard of that one. And, and the, oh, yeah, there's something abnormal there. And, and of course, this works at a macro and micro level. We can look at molecular structures in computer vision just like we can pull frames out of a surveillance camera. So, that's what I've been doing. That's my passion. It's totally fun. We do wander into Big Brother a little bit. And uh, there's only so much we can do. Uh, but we're responsible with it as as technologists. You know, we're lectured by Satya Nadella, the CEO of Microsoft, that we have to re be responsible with our power. Um, so we're responsible with it, and uh, we're doing some life-changing, life-saving stuff. And at a consumer level, um, we believe we're helping the process. And um, you know, there's there's we, 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 I could go forever on this. Do you guys <laughs> what did you think of that build safety demonstration? Yeah. We should go back and tell people what it was. Actually, I'll include a link in the, to the in the show notes to the YouTube video. This was shown at Build. Yeah, yeah. and 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 I was sitting next to you, right up close, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm and I'm saying to you, "Holy sh! How are they doing that? Holy sh! How are they doing?" So what they did is they had uh, essentially a, a Hollywood set. They mocked up, uh, you know, a, a, pro a production manufacturing environment. And in the software, it was recognizing everything in real time, every little thing from a book on the wall to the jackhammer that the guy was holding to the telephone. Everything in that room was being recognized by computer vision all right. at the same time in real time. And then yeah. the use case was uh, a visitor was on the manufacturing plant with a special badge and was screwing around. They picked up a jackhammer and then this software recognized that that person was not um, trained or allowed to touch the jackhammer and sent an alert. Um, great use case, really big brother, but I'm sitting yes. next to Richard in the audience going, holy cow, how are they pulling that off? And in reality, that's nothing production software in Microsoft. That was kind of a, right. that was kind of a demo app. And they basically built their own server farm, their own Azure data center right there on stage and had more processing power than God and like something like a thousand cameras staring at it. And it, it just, it works. And it wasn't a ruse, but it's not cost effective, realistic. To do yeah. that in real life. And before you go on, Tim, we have to stop here for just a minute for this very important message. Hey, Rockheads, this is Carl. Have you tried JetBrains Rider? It's a new cross-platform .NET IDE that's light yet powerful and comes from the makers of ReSharper, IntelliJ, IDEA, and WebStorm. You can write .NET code on Windows, Mac, or Linux. Rider has you covered. Rider helps you develop ASP.NET, .NET Core, .NET Framework, Xamarin, and Unity applications. Most languages used in .NET development are supported. From C-Sharp, VB.NET, F-Sharp, and XAML, to ASP.NET Razor Syntax, JavaScript, TypeScript, and all that other front-end stuff. It comes with navigation, thousands of code inspections, refactorings, unit testing, debugging, rich coding assistance, and more advanced IDE features powered by proven technology from ReSharper and WebStorm. Download Rider now and take it for a 30-day trial at rider.com. 
rocks.com. That's R-I-D-E-R dot D-O-T-N-E-T-R-O-C-K-S dot com. And you're listening to .NET Rocks. Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell here. Tim Huckabee's here. We're talking about computer vision and just describing the demo that happened at Build. And uh, go ahead, continue with that. I, I remember saying the same thing to myself. How, how on earth are they doing it? Yeah. So they threw a lot of money at it, which isn't re- realistic in real life. Interestingly enough, though, us geeks um, who follow Moore's Law and its execution, um, the, the, we're, on a, we're on a path that by 2025, our CPUs will be able to calculate at the speed of the human brain. Just think about that yeah. for a second. <laughs> so yeah. that doesn't mean machines are going to be sentient and, and smarter than us. It just means, you know, CPUs will be able to calculate as quickly. And we have CPUs like that and our hardware costs remaining so inexpensive. It's realistic to think that in, what would that be, seven, eight years, that, that will be accomplished cost effectively and easily because we'll have the power. And it'll be in the language, too. I mean, Microsoft is already messing around with Q-sharp, quantum computing. Right, right, right. We're talking about fractions of time that it takes things to happen now. So, at least in the Microsoft world, which, which, by the way, is never really mentioned in the press when they talk about AI. And and really, they are the leader. Um, But it's always Google and, you know, Apple and, and other companies like that. But by the way, you know, it just just about four weeks ago, Microsoft restructured their company in New York um, to define AI as one of the five pillars of the business. So when that happens, mm. you know that they are putting the best people in the world on these problems. And, and yeah. it's showing. I mean, that cognitive team at Microsoft, the, the cognitive services team, man, they almost weekly release. They've got yeah, it's crazy. they've got like 31 APIs exposed, and um, you know there's some events coming up where they're gonna ta- they're gonna release a whole bunch of new ones, and oh, it's just such a fun world right now. Yeah, sure is. I seem to always say that, but you know, it, it sure is really computer vision is just so fascinating to me. You've been in the computer vision business for a while. Uh, has your software radically changed with this sort of latest generation of stuff? Like, did you sort of go from a traditional vision recognition model over to the more of the deep learning models? Did that happen to you guys? Yeah. A, a typical good question from you, Richard. Um, the, the interesting thing, I think, and you guys mentioned it earlier, is, you know, we built all that software for the Connect device throughout the years. Um, and th- that, that's computer vision in itself. And then remember, Connect disappeared. Well, right. you know why they disappeared? They all went over to HoloLens. And, and so all that <laughs> stuff is in the HoloLens device. But what it meant to us, and it comes, it goes back to, to machine learning is that all that cool Connect stuff we did seven, eight years ago, we do in software now with commodity cameras. Right. Yeah. I've always wondered about this problem with HoloLens and, and Connect for that many. They spent so much money building that custom hardware to try and have enough horsepower to do all that recognition. Mm-hmm. And it's totally obsolete. I wouldn't say it's totally obsolete. Would you, Tim? No, it's, it's well, the, the, certainly the Connect device is obsolete because everything it did, we can do in software. Now, that, that HoloLens right. is a different discussion. It's a magical device if they ever ship the damn thing. Um 
but but really the 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 poignant point is all that stuff we did we got for free in connect we're now doing in software yeah right you know we're judging distance like at at that nfl stadium over the weekend you know we're tuning common surveillance cameras to look out 50 feet and, and when we're recognizing humans from 50 feet away and tracking them as they walk right by the digital sign you know looking for the bad guy yeah. Yeah. That we got for free with Connect. Remember six body IDs at a time, all that business, Carl? Right. Yeah, 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 sure. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, now we can track unlimited people. We're really, you know, we're camera agnostic now. So it's just a matter right. of the capability of the camera. And in some security scenarios, you know, there are $10,000 surveillance cameras that see 2,000 feet to a two inch resolution in HD, like crazy wow. awesome cameras. <laughs> Um, and then there's huh. the $20 cameras I use in demos in my keynotes that do just as well um, up close. From what I understand, the low-resolution cameras do almost better at object recognition. Maybe not facial recognition, but certainly objects. Because objects, you want kind of fuzzy outlines and color patterns and things like that. If you, there's too much detail, it, it kind of uh, makes it harder, doesn't it? Well, I, I think that... Um, we're, we're, you know, at least in our, our learning models and in, in creating classifiers, we're probably a little bit more advanced in that and that we feed it as much as possible. And the difference now between now and two years ago is we don't need 10,000 pictures of a Coke to do the machine learning. Really, we can right. get by with like 50 and which is shocking. Shocking. Well, that's if you're making your own model, right? But if you're using yeah. a cognitive service like the, like you said, a REST API, <laughs> that you just say, <laughs> you send it a picture and it says, oh, that's a Coke, because they've already trained it and they're continuously training it. Yeah. Well, you're talking about Microsoft's custom vision service, which frankly is the best kept secret at Microsoft, the, m the most awesome technology they have right now. I just wish they would have called it object recognition, but no, they called it custom vision. And that's their object recognition technology. And in that technology, you do build your own classifiers. Now, being that said, they have provided a what is effectively a machine learner for machine learning. It's the portal on Azure where you submit the pictures of the Cokes and the Pepsis and start building yeah. this classifier. And you've got... You've got these amazing tools to to catch exceptions and relearn them, and uh, just, they've just done such a good job with this thing. So once you're done with building that, then you know you call it with a REST API. Well, but I'm also talking about the the sort of the canned things that they have in cognitive services that are already trained. You know that that kind of thing. Maybe not object like recognition, food. but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some you know like sample classifiers they've built. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, um, you know, I, I could talk tech on this forever, but that same team, Anna Roth, if you know the name from this team, just, just this brilliant young lady and, um, built the, where her and her team built the, uh, the Xcode version of this. So the, the you know, Microsoft's cool. this friendly open source <laughs> world. So now you can do this stuff on Android and on iOS devices, recognize objects and you could do it disconnected from a network think about that for hmm. a little bit you yeah. export the classifier to my iphone and my iphone that i hate um i can put it on take it <laughs> off wi-fi and put it on airplane mode and recognize a coke now in retail 
oh my god, that, that is just, that's like the holy grail. Like picture our retail business where you hold up your, your cell phone to any, any product that's in the grocery store. And that yeah. instantiates this awesome AR experience. At Internology, we're working with Hollywood and on all this MR AR stuff. So we're launching movie characters in real time and having them walk and talk and stuff like that. The, mm-hmm. That in retail, that is so powerful. That's your marker. If you're familiar with the AR MR world, your marker can be a common object when typically in AR, it's a, it's a, it's like a barcode or something. Exactly. It's a barcode or it's a physical location, you know, with, with cords, but having a marker be something arbitrary. Oh my goodness. We're just going to release so much cool software over the next year. As I was just saying with uh, Stephen Forte last week, Stephen uh, Forte, fifteen-year-old wow. daughter's favorite thing to do is to sit across the table at, at dinner and uh, surreptitiously take a video of me and ask me a dumb question, and then take my answer and turn it into a uh, a fat chipmunk <laughs> speaking really fast. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what technology is used for. And then share it with all our friends. <laughs> on Instagram. On, on Instagram. Instabook. Yeah. Or Facegram <laughs> or whatever that's called. <laughs> like I said, that's kind of a new version of social warfare right there. Yeah, that's that's not the consumer use cases we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, upselling millennials from Pepsi to Perrier <laughs> yeah, <laughs> through, right. through augmented reality experiences. From Pepsi to Perrier to Pellegrino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, made by the same company. Um, <laughs> nice. I, I was just playing with the computer vision page uh, in uh, Cognitive Services. And, of course, they have a f- feature here where you just, like, upload an image. I'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they have a bunch of cool sample apps that use their own APIs. Yeah. And and this yep. stuff is also used throughout Microsoft. You know, a lot of the, the, the products that the, this team is building are used internally. Um but but I gotta I gotta tell you guys about this new project. It's so freaking cool because it's Hollywood. Okay, do I have time to do that? Yes, absolutely. But before you do that, we have a little business to take care of. Richard, guess what time it is? Uh, it must be that happy time again. Yes, it's actually time to test Tim's neural scanning technology, which is at this moment reading my mind, and Tim can actually read my joke from my mind in plain text. Right now. Okay, Tim, I'm thinking of it. What's the joke? I refuse to participate in this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. And check out their DevExtreme React grid, built from the ground up to fully support all the cool features that come with React, like the virtual DOM and state controllers like Redux. It supports master detail, sorting, grouping, paging, and editing, and you can get it for free on GitHub. But learn more and download your free 30-day trial of DevExpress Universal at devexpress.com superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? 
Today's winner is Daniel Sandberg. Congratulations, Daniel. Yeah. Golf clap for you, sir. And Daniel just won the D Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at Dev Express, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .NET Rocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .NET Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree, which we did for, what, the fifth time? Last Something like that, of, yeah. I can't remember how many. It's been too many times, but uh, <laughs> we did that on show 1502, if you want to go back and listen to that. And uh, we also like to ask our guest, Tim, of course, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, and this ought to be awesome, what would you buy? Oh, that's a not fishing en- reel. Yeah, no, I'd that's buy not some fly money. fishing gear. That's, that's, n- that's not enough. <laughs> some <money>. new waders. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mocking me? <laughs> uh, yes, as a matter of fact, if I, I am. had five thousand, I get. God, that's not enough money. Uh, because yeah. my freaking Surface Book that I have a love-hate relationship would consume like three thousand of that. Hey, well, another two thousand for an SD card reader. So <laughs> <laughs> that had to be their joke. I was bitching to Carl about my Surface Book earlier. Nice. Yeah. I do love it. I just think it's overpriced. Yeah, you can you can spend five grand on a fly rod. I mean, you, you get yourself a per Brandon like that. That's <laughs> but that's not there. You go. That's not technology. Are you kidding? Well, <laughs> well it's not electronic technology. It's graphite technology or or composite <laughs> oh, yeah. fiber technology. He's got bamboo ones that are 6,000 bucks. Exactly. Once you connect some waterproof cameras to some raspberry pies, drop them with stones into the water, and then have them tell you where the fish are. Well, I've you know, this is going to sound really geeky, but I've always wanted to observe through computer vision what happens at different times of day above and below the water level and that would consume a lot of money meaning mm-hmm. now we're going mm. into the weeds but you know trout feed at certain <laughs> times of day and they eat different bugs and you know you always want to see what animals are doing at night and yeah i'd like to okay I, but that's you know i need 100k for that it'd be cool to have an app for your phone <laughs> that you just get out in the boat and it says where to go with gps like in the lake where the fish are you could actually see them that's kind of cheating. That'd be pretty cool. It's kind of cheating, but yeah, I mean, but, the, the, yeah. believe it or not, the drones are being are are illegal in most places in the world when it comes to fishing, and and that makes total uh, sense. You don't yeah. want to send the drone out to find the marlin so you can kill it. Well, some people mm. do, but but typically, Department Fish and Game doesn't want you to do that. So you're yeah. saying the fun of fishing is just sitting and waiting it's the and hunt. wondering. You know, well, in fly fishing, there's no waiting. It's constant action, but it's the yeah, hunt. Right. So can yeah. I tell you about this cool computer vision project we have with Hollywood? Please do. Absolutely. It's so freaking awesome. Richard, I don't think I, I told you this yet. Um, we did this joint venture at Internology with Imagination Park Entertainment. That has opened um, a number of doors in Hollywood. So I'm, I'm up in L.A. all the time now. We, you know, the process, here's the, here's the use case and the problem. When Hollywood, uh, films a movie and then does its first edit, that's often one or two years before it's actually, you know, like Star Wars right now, before it's actually seen by the public, right? Yeah. 
there is a process called screening where people come in and watch the movie. They're under strict heavy NDA. They watch the movie and they give their feedback about the movie. And that gives the, the editors and the directors a chance to recut the scenes, even reshaping the story based on audience feedback, right? You know this process in Hollywood. Sure, yeah. In Hollywood, they uh, for for a hundred years they've pulled random people out of a five mile radius uh, of the studio itself, pulled them off the street, given them fifty bucks, and said, "Hey, for the next two hours, you're going to watch this movie, okay?" And that's done often a year in advance. Well, we are building software for that process so that people all over the world can do the screening process. Wow! And we're going to watch those people while they watch the movie. Yeah, I love that you stop surveying them, that you, you yeah. actually watch their reaction. Exactly. So we're, we're going to do, um, uh, you know, an emotional profile, um, how, how long they look at the scene, how shocked they are, you know, how happy are they, how engaged they are. Um, it's, uh, and then report back how many the output per minute. You're right, right. So if they, if they disengage, we'll see all that. The output right. is, um, one of the outputs is from Cognitive Services. It's their video indexer.ai. If you, if you know this tool, this is where you submit a movie and it pulls all the metadata out of it. Um, so like in the use case we were talking about before, the, the, the build demo, you, you load yeah. the build keynote, um, file, uh, um, video into this tool and it just pulls it all apart and and indexes it for you and gives you a video scrubber so you can just skip to that one demo by searching on or it'll already be tagged but but by searching on computer vision or or object recognition it would be already tagged just click on it it would take you right there you wouldn't have to watch the entire keynote amazing tool but it has an api so that in this case i think i'm allowed to tell you one of the movies we're doing is the next predator that won't be out till summer of 2018 Wow. So if you like, like, um, you know, that, that actor that's so famous that used to be the governor of California is the getting, governor. he's getting up there in age. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, it just allows you to skip forward and see the sentiment in every scene he's in, you know, and then, um, God, probably not supposed to tell you this. Well, and and just in general terms, how how people how their sentiment is by watching them, not by asking them. Hey, was that a great movie? You know, yes, right, um, right. No, it's it's by actually observing them, and yeah. the tools we have to pull this off are pretty spectacular. Now, getting a, a hundred year old industry to switch to this technology—that's a different story. Different problem, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're worried about movies being stolen and and things like that. So we have to we do some interesting security. DRM is 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 you know, DRMing the content and having it expire and, and um turnkey, you know, surface book systems. That's that's all pretty easy stuff and solve problems. Yep. But we have to introduce mm -hmm. stuff like um well, you have to be, you have to do the facial recognition thing in Windows Hello just to get into the system. Right. And so it's only certain people are allowed to see the movie. Exactly. Mm. So once I'm in, if I'm watching the movie and it's watching me and Kelly, my wife, Kelly, who you both know well, steps up from yeah. behind me, the movie stops and says, Hey, listen, Tim, 
Only one person is allowed to watch this movie. You know the rules. Nice. You know, that's not the language. But it immediately <laughs> stops and reminds the person watching the movie that, that, hey, only one person at a time, and it's you. And we see somebody behind you. That is cool. You know, so it's it's got all that stuff built into it. Well, you'd also be, if they do try and cam it, you're going to see them camming it. Right. Right, right. Like in the Malaysia movies where somebody's in the back of, uh, in Kuala Lumpur, where somebody's in the back of the movie theater yeah. and filming the movie, <laughs> you know, with, bat, yeah, with the right, back yeah. of people's heads. Yeah, well, we, we catch all that stuff. Wow. Yeah, so cool project. Um, fairly easy, to tell you the truth. We just have so much plumbing, a lot of which we're getting for free from the cognitive services team, but a lot of which we've already done, you know? Right. Yeah. So, and it's Hollywood and it's cool, cool and we get to meet interesting people and, or I get to meet interesting people. So that's, that's been fun. So how much backlash do you get from people about, you know, privacy and all that stuff? I mean, I know, I, I know the reality is that you're being watched all the time, you know, love it, like it, lump it, leave it, whatever. But, uh, how, do you get that a lot? Do you get people saying, you know, I don't, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like all this surveillance and you know, people yeah, well, sell my you know, information. That's, that's the beautiful thing about uh, humans, right? Everybody gets their own opinion. Most of our software yeah. is for good. Um, some of it certainly is retail tainted. The other thing is is being strict to privacy law um, is is essential. Like, for instance, in the U.S., it's, it's in generic terms. In the U.S., uh, if you're under 12, you, you, we can't we can't look at them. So the minute we do an age profile of under 12 we immediately stop looking right yet in yeah. asia you know the most the most surveilled is that a word surveilled the most watched yeah. you know culture in the world there is no privacy law they're being watched 24 7 especially in some countries in asia the ones we wow. know of um right the other thing is there's an interesting lawsuit right now uh the the united states versus google and facebook and um Shutterfly. And oh, yeah. all three of those companies are breaking US privacy law and and European privacy law in, in some parts of Europe and, and some other places in the world. So and what they're doing, if you think about this, um, uh, which is really gonna change the way we build software, is like when Kelly tags me in her Facebook post, that breaks privacy law. I have not explicitly given her or Facebook permission to apply my name to a face. That breaks U.S. privacy law in some places yeah. in Europe. And that's exactly what Facebook does. That's exactly what Google does and worse. And then Shutterfly, I guess, has this, this feature that does that. Most people think that Facebook's going to win. And it, and it would make sense to, to be able to tag somebody's picture in Facebook if they were your friend, Right. That would make total mm. sense. So mm -hmm. my point is, the tech, and like many times throughout our careers, the technology has moved beyond the law, and the law needs to catch up. Yeah, and, well, that's um, true. Yeah, it, it still comes down to responsibility. You know, the, the, if right. I, I will not opt in to be tracked in a grocery store, I have no desire to be tracked in a grocery store. Right. But so you don't have a store card? Off, <laughs> you know who would, and that way I've been talking about her this whole interview, and that's yeah, my wife. Yeah. She would be agree to be tracked, and so would millennials. They would agree to be tracked if they would get some deal out of it, 40% off. 
Well, you think about all of those affinity cards that shopping stores have had forever. That's exactly that. Right? Yeah, we'll give is. you a discount if you use this card. Right. We're tracking you. Make no mistake. Yeah, there's going to yep. be a deal. No one's going to be tracked, I-, I think, privacy law the way it shakes out in, in Europe and the U.S. I think, or North America and the U.S., or North America and Europe, sorry. I think the way it's going to shake out is that if you, you'll, you'll opt in and you'll be able to, to be tracked or you'll opt out, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll opt out because I don't want to be tracked in a grocery store. I don't care about 40% off Diet Pepsi. I really don't. Now, do you know something that we don't about what they do with that tracking data? Uh, they would be a government or they would be visibility, my company. <laughs> yeah, right. Visibility, my company does not store pictures of people, nor do they store people's names. Um, bad guys, actually, we don't even have the pictures of the bad guys. At that point, it's a physics mesh. Right. Mm. Any picture we had, we would have would be for a demo. Now, the governments of the world, specifically in Asia that are tracking people, absolutely are identifying people by their face and with their name and where they go. Absolutely they are. I don't know if the U.S. government does. I hope they don't. Um, they certainly do it in a security context for, for perceived bad guys, but not for you and me. Right. I doubt it. Mm. But in a consumer context, we're not allowed to save any of this stuff. We're all we know right. is, you know, um, white 55 to 65 male. Yeah, right. You know, and by, by the way, that's an ignored demographic, me. <laughs> <laughs> because, and, and frankly, well, and you two too, you know, white old yeah. guys are ignored demographic because we're not influenceable. We just don't care if diet. If um, Beyonce drinks Diet Pepsi, we don't care. However, right. there is a highly influenceable demographic in the U.S. and in North America and parts of Europe that is easily influenced. And easy meaning, you know, percentages in the 20 to 40 percent. And that's, you know, female millennials. Sorry, sorry, but that's that's the way it is. Right. So if Beyonce drinks Diet Pepsi, typically... Um, we see an uptake in that particular demographic. There are exceptions. If you want to talk about demographics, man, there's some really interesting stuff. Um, like, for instance, uh, for the first time in, in United States history, there is a large demographic that is wildly influenceable, middle class with a ton of disposable income, spending income. And that's Mexican-American in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. Um, we have this middle class demographic that's grown up through the years. They, they have grown up and not been influenced by CPGs. So what are the CPGs doing right now? They're just hammering them with Spanish TV commercials for Budweiser and hmm. other stuff like that. Um, <laughs> fa- fascinating, fascinating stuff. There are other exceptions too. And, and frankly, what we do is, is in, in our data warehouse, what happens to be, um, an Azure SQL data warehouse, you know, you, you use machine learning. We have some data scientist people, not me, but some talented people that pull out exceptions like, you know, why is a male Asian um, millennial demographic paying so much attention to Perrier in the Chicago market from 3 to 5 p.m. Monday to Thursday? You know, that type of right. stuff. 
And, w- and when that type of stuff bubbles up through visualizations, right, um, then, you know, the, the Nestle company who makes all the water in the world, in, including Perrier, will specifically target a demographic based on that. That's a little big brother. And, and mm. you know, our software does do that. It's it's not killing people. It's not, you know, we've also built software for the companies that kill the world with their cheeseburgers. So Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's it's really cool tech, but it's it's a little bit it's a little bit um, you know, you could raise an eyebrow, I would say. Those people who are sure. so protective of their privacy. Have you been paying attention to GDPR, the new yeah. EU uh Yeah. Cuz that comes into effect this coming May. Yeah. So, and I it, at least it's broad reaching, like it's all of the EU that's signed on to this thing. Yeah, well, we could debate forever on what's going to be left of the EU after all this stuff. But yeah, GDPR is going to, in my personal opinion, realize I'm jaded, right? Because I'm a technology yep. guy. But GDPR is going to set us back from a technology perspective. It's it's like, remember how the, the architects of HIPAA said they were sorry <laughs> because <Right. laughs> because uh, yeah. they they just thwarted Im- innovation in in the medical industry and but with their with you know they didn't intend to do that it was just a byproduct and i just fear that gdpr thing's going to do the exact same thing for a few years but security's real and you know that their intentions are good um but it's it's a tough challenge well, I, I mean, it's like, I think there's certain parts of it that will be super useful when we talk about just kind of get our heads around what is possible in the in the uh, in the environment. GDPR includes this right to access, which means that any citizen of the EU should be able to request of any company doing business in the EU, what data do you have of mine? Hmm. Yeah, so what yeah. I think about right, your, right, your right. kind of vision systems in a grocery store, the idea that I could go to a Carrefour, and here's me whipping out my European knowledge, Carrefour being a grocery store chain in the, in the, in the European Union, and say, I would like all of the data you have on me, and that means any video you have of me. Wow. Which is the most interesting thing about GDPR in a, in a discussion we've had internally, me saying, hey, business people, you realize what you're asking for. And I would, and I've right. said, listen, if, if we get people to opt in to be tracked throughout their retail experience in Europe, when GDPR comes in and you give them a 40% coupon, that's not the end of the burden. If they right. come back and say, We're, we'll have to build systems that allow these people to retrieve what we tracked of them. You know, full-on right. software. Right. And the right to be forgotten. Yeah. So after retrieving it, saying, I'm happy with this, erase it all. Exactly. You have to erase at, it. At that point, it doesn't seem worth it, does it? Well, no, it doesn't, because if you're going to be using it for nefarious purposes, of course you're going to cl- cover your tracks. And if you're not, then you're going to be harassed. Right, right. It, it's, a, it's a discussion that needs beer. And I think Absolutely. I think like HIPAA GDPR will go through go through another a number of revisions as it matures. Um, yeah. Be or, or maybe that's the intent to scare companies off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the solution is don't do it when at the same time it provides such a substantial competitive advantage. Yeah, mm. it's quite interesting. Well, we call this Thursday here at .NET Rocks, folks. (laughs) Just a little food for thought, some big technology coming around the corner, and Tim's going to be helping us all do it. Uh, It sounds, uh, you know, for better or for worse, it comes down to trust. If you trust the systems that are in place to protect you, then uh, they can do wonderful things. 
And if that trust is abused and things are sold and nefarious people get a hold of them, then, of course, we're, we have other problems. Like it just comes down to humans. And we have a responsibility as technologists to use this stuff the right way. Absolutely. That's right. Because it's we just sure going to get more and more powerful. And we haven't even got to cryptocurrency in this episode. Oh, yeah. but that's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's a different episode that we're heavily involved in. Yeah. But do we all subscribe to the idea that there is, there's no way back? We only have to go forward through this. Manage forward. Can't go back. Yes. Right. We're yeah, already no over the back. waterfall. There's no, yeah. There's no unlearning this stuff. That's right. Well, Tim, what's next for you real quick before we wrap up? I've got three weeks at home, gentlemen. I have been traveling like crazy this entire yeah. year. I don't think I've ever traveled so much. I've got three weeks at home and going to do a bunch of 2018 product planning with my dev teams. And it's just totally fun work. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. And watching some curling. And watching some um, 25-year-old female curling in Victoria Island, Canada. <laughs> yes. The, the finals will be televised. Probably not in your town, but up here. <laughs> All the more reason to come up, Richard. I think you're right. I think you need to come up. Very cool. Tim, thanks again. It's oh, been fun. Yeah, it's always fun to, to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got transmitter bands by the FCC. Yes, I'm a, a